I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I'm joined by the gorgeous Grace Campbell. Um, I do this every time. I get so excited by, like, a brand new guest who I find interesting and funny that I don't ask any of me fucking questions. <laughs> Um, oh, I love that. No, but like, I just feel like I could chat to you for ages. But we do. I, I love do no structure to a conversation. It's do my you? favorite type. Yeah, it's my favorite kind of conversation. I really struggled with it because, like, obviously, I think there's a special place in hell for people who don't support other people's professional endeavors. You know, the, the type of people that when you send them like a PR package or something, they just fucking don't open it or put yeah. it on their Insta yeah, or yeah, 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 don't yeah. go on people's pods or don't say, God, someone's got a new book out. I just think those people are knobs, right? Um, so I do every podcast I get asked to do and of course it makes you reflect on your own it makes you think on yours and mine is so loose like we just come on we have a chat like I'm amazing people I get excited and I forget to ask anything significant yeah, but basically. I love it because it's like yeah. then I just feel like I'm wrapped up in like a fun conversation that's so nice you say but then obviously I was getting on all these other podcasts that were really like <laughs> sending us these questions in advance and like having a real structure and I was thinking shit like does that is anyone going to enjoy nah, my style oh. no I love it that's nice to know. Um, I mean, we're friends from like series eight, I think nearly now. So obviously we're doing our re- Wow, great. I know. We, I, and you know, I just get the like, wear no makeup. Like, am I wearing a bra? Who knows? Like, it's just quite a nice way to like earn a living in it. <laughs> it's so nice. And then you just get to talk to people and people that like you, like, I love it. It's like, that's what I love in comedy because I run my own like comedy night. And it's, I then just get to meet really cool other comedians that I then become friends with. It's like the dream. I did hear about this. So it's called the Disgraceful Club. Is that right? Yeah. And I feel like, tell me more about it because you wanted to create, like, honestly, as well, I'm going, all my knowledge comes from Instagram. I really need to start broadening my horizons. I'm such a fucking millennial (laughs) weirdo. But um, I feel like I just read something the other day about a lass who got sick of being constantly harassed in nightclubs. So launched our own, like, women's only LGBTQ, like, nightclub. And it's absolutely thriving. What was the, what was the, motivation for you to launch I think this like, it was it, so it, I, I started it like before COVID um uh-huh. and I'd been doing stand-up for a while and I think I just wanted to like have a night which felt really wild and like shameless but also very safe so because sometimes those nights that feel really unhinged and you don't don't really know where the vibe is going to go also, you can feel a bit like, oh, there might just be like a creepy man. like Just a bit anxiety that comes with it yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted it to have that vibe, which is just like next level. Like I actually started the Disgraceful Club at the box. 
um, that fit first was. <laughs> Perfect yeah, place it was, for it, mate. <laughs> so it's that vibe and it was sick. And now I, I now do it in um, a bigger venue called Bush Hall. And then I think in the summer, I'm going on tour, so I'm not doing it for a few months. But then I think in the summer I'll maybe do it. Uh, well, I'm just figuring out where I'll do it. But anyways, the vibe is like female and LGBTQ plus comedy acts. It varies so much. And then also one of the things that I've always done is like them not always been really, really experienced comics. Like I've had like quite a few people do their first gig at the Disgraceful Club because your first gig is just like the worst thing in the whole world. I can imagine. And can imagine. it's so scary. And like, especially if it's like, you're just at like an open mic night and it's just like four other men just staring at you. Like it's just so depressing. Yeah. So I've done that for quite a few people. And then like, I love helping people with, writing their sets if they want me to just because like I love writing comedy um and so it's been like a really good way for me to meet people and to help other people like get into comedy and then also it's just like a really fun vibe like you love it it's just fun and I really want to come like I really want to come like girls in the audience just like just it just gets so wild and they just like they open up so much to the extent they're like you ask them a question, they'll happily come on stage and just talk about their entire, like, relationship woes that they're in right now. There's just a real freedom, I think, everybody feels. So it's really nice. Yeah, you should definitely come to one. So you've created this, like, a sick, really safe space for women in the LGBTQ community to sort of, like, express, like, their creative side. Yeah, no judgment. My vibe in my stand-up in general is, like, I'm not going to judge you because also you can't judge me. Like, I'm going to tell you some things about myself that will mean that you'll be like, well, she's quite fucked up. But the point is you can't judge me because, like, you also do fucked up things and I'm not judging you. Like, that's the vibe. I like that. That should be what friendships are like and what life's like in general. That is what most of my friendships are like. And I feel like that's why it's really trying to set it into my comedy because, like, my vibe is like if I sense anyone's judging me in the audience, I'm like, okay, let's stop. Let's talk about like why why you're like giving me that kind of judgment. Like, you know, it's just that that is always my vibe. I just don't like obviously if you do a bad thing, I'll judge you. But like yeah. if I tell you that I've like, I don't know, like had sex in the Vatican, okay, that maybe people could judge me for. Like, um, what's <laughs> another example? Um like just stuff that when I disclose information uh, about my sex life or just even like how crazy I can be and how unhinged I can be. I like the fact that like I'm saying that knowing that no one's going to like shame me. And I also think like, I mean, for starters, why should they, you know, like everybody, yeah. each, each to our own life's for living. But I also think the best comedians, and this has like always been my thing, are the ones that kind of pull on their own experiences and take them out themselves a little bit, you know, like I don't ever like comedy where it's, it feels like there's a victim, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I've never found that funny. That to me is like, it's it's bullying you know and it's never been something 100%. I've percent, and it's it's lazy like yeah. it's not I don't think it's like creative in any way it's just like following a formula that's existed forever whereas when you manage to make like a whole room of people laugh without it being at the expense of anyone else like that's I mean, comedy look sometimes I do take the piss out of men I will say um <laughs> but They've had it quite nice for a long time. I was going to say, they've had it easy for a Mm. long time, mate. It can take a little bit of light-hearted ribbon. Um, Your brand new show, show, which you're going to start touring for really soon, 
Um, it's called a show about me. Men? How do I say yeah. that? So I don't know how you say it, to be honest. It's called a show about men. That's how it's billed. Okay. But the N on the poster, the N in men is very small. So the uh-huh. joke is it's actually a show about me. And so <laughs> the whole show is about like me sort of saying at the beginning that I'm like obsessed with men and then coming to a point where I guess I've learned to be more obsessed with myself than men. Oh, that's so it's, nice. It's about, this, it's this about a story Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've I give you a value for money if you come and see this show. <laughs> it's got a three act structure. <laughs> and so, have you always done that with your comedy? Have you always like drawn on your own experiences and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I just tell stories. That's like all I really do. Like, and then sometimes there are jokes and sometimes there aren't. But sometimes I'm just being funny. But it's very much just stories about my life. And at the moment, I'm, I've been going through a real evolution of my character, I guess, because I've been, like, really learning how to be, be happy alone after, like, a string of really intense relationships where I thought I could never, like, be content alone. And that's what this show is about. It's about, like, that <gasps> obsession with thinking you need a man to validate your existence and then how I got to a point I guess where uh I've been better not I've still not healed and I obviously progress progress not perfection yeah exactly and I'm and I'm not saying that being obsessed with men is a bad thing as well it's just I I don't know if you've ever been there but I was in a really unhealthy it's a phase of your 20s I think a lot of women go through like unhealthy like I was treating it like it was an addiction like if one if I'd break up with one man the next day I'd have to start seeing someone else and it was just that same cycle over and over again so I think the show is a bit about that it's very relatable no I do I think it's super powerful like as well for women here like comedy that really like that can really relate to I remember my 20s mate and like the me pals I used to go out with and like we wouldn't consider it a decent night out unless like everyone had got a number or they'd pulled yeah. or there'd been like some sort of flirtation like now obviously I'm in a healthy happy relationship with Erkan but if I wasn't I can't probably think if I went out I wouldn't imagine anything worse than being approached by some like weird fella like I just would want to be with me girls you know but yeah. in your 20s it's so different it is so it's, different it really is and I think I talk about this in the show, but I think it's it's actually really hard to avoid, like, from such a young age. Like, if you think about the films that we watched as children... Oh, I like Disney's like, mate. Yeah, it was always, like, girl is sad and has bad, sad life, and then girl has man who loves her, and then girl's life is happy. Happy, yeah. And so, like, you're taught that, like, all your trauma is going to go once you, like, get a man who loves you. And I used to think that, so I'm just moving around because I just feel like I look absolutely disgusting i feel like you're um, being too hard on yourself grace i think you look good oh just you know post food poisoning but anyway yeah. here we are um i feel like that is a lie that we're sold so that then when it happens and then it's not real and maybe that's because i also had quite a dysfunctional childhood so i was definitely seeking like uh i don't know like a bit of well, security I wanted... yeah i think like because my parents had this like really stressful job like they both worked in politics when I was younger and I was obsessed with my dad but he wasn't quite present enough that it meant that when I started dating I was just so obsessed with like finding someone who was just going to be there constantly and who would just be like so obsessed with me and I thought that's what your boyfriend's job was to just be so obsessed with you and it just was really unhealthy and um that's basically what this show is about I think that's really interesting mate like I've always 
believed you um, accept the love you deserve, like not you deserve, the, you accept the love you observed at home. Yeah. So, like, for me, I watched my mom um, give absolutely everything to me dad in the relationship and try to make it work and watched him give it probably like in retrospect as much as he could as an addict, you know, um, but like very little, you know, and I watched her mm. like do, she gave up alcohol because she thought that was the problem. Like I watched her do everything, you know, to try and make it work. And that's what I thought a relationship was. So that's, I used to go out with fellas who were in some way broken, addicted. And you'd want to fix them. Yeah. And I'd think, fuck, this is what love is. Like, I'm going to make you better. Yeah. Just like me mom trying yeah. to make me dad better, you know? Um, so yeah. it's mad that you looked for something outside of that, but I suppose. Well, I think yes and no. I mean, it's very, I've, I've really tried to figure out cause I definitely, I wanted someone who was so obsessed with me in the way that my dad used to be so like obsessed with me when I was a child, like in the way that I was like the only girl and like, he still loves me so much, but he used to think I was like the best person in the whole world. And I think now, <laughs> I'm he, sure, now I'm sure he still does. <laughs> I think, I think the, what's the phrase? The like glass ceiling is broken or something. I don't know. Now the bubbles burst and he's like, you're quite annoying. Um, but so then I wanted someone who was going to love, who loved me that much, but I also like didn't want someone who was sort of as like, you know, my, my dad is very alpha and I think a lot of my, characteristics are also very alpha and so then it's just proven really difficult in relationships sort of trying to figure out what I want it's very complicated I am obsessed with how your relationship with your parents impacts like your relationship oh, 110%. I think it's just the most sort of like foundational part of when you start looking for a partner but it's them formative years isn't it like when you're younger and stuff like you the only thing, like what you're exposed to predominantly in terms of romance relationships, whatever, is just your family, you know? So you think that is how things is is done with the exception of things you see in Disney films and all that. So like it's, 100%. Under it's understandable. And I think like I see a lot of stuff online now about how people are desperate to present like a really healthy, happy relationship for their children. So that's what they think is normal. And that's what they go out into the world and seek when they're of the, like, the right age. Um, but I just think every generation does the best they can, don't they? Like my man and dad had no idea what they were doing. They were just doing the best. And we'll do the same, won't we? Exactly. And ultimately, all kids are going to be a bit fucked up. Like no one's going to be perfect. Like We'll all know, have our I, own generational hang-ups. Sure. Yeah. It, there's, too, there's also too much sort of pressure right now, I think, to like parent in a specific way. And, and anyway, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that right now, but... She's doing doggy mom life, and that yeah, is exactly. <laughs> but even with her, I'm like my my thing with my dogs. I'm not going to be like overbearing. Like when we're in the park, like she goes off and plays with the dog. I'm not like worrying if the dogs. I'm like, yeah, go do your thing. And if the dog roughs you up a bit, then you know we'll see if you like it. See if you don't like, you know. But you need to develop a thick skin. Like I'm not yeah. going to like. And that's hopefully what I'll be like as a parent, but who knows? <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, I having a dog is like a real, it's a proper, your first insight into what you'll be like as a parent. And like, I always really wanted to assume I'd be the mother you're talking about there, like you're describing very much like, this is me, this is me little boy. Like sometimes he's fucking good. Sometimes maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and I'm really self-aware and I'm really aware of his limitations and I'm just honest and I want him to be the best, but when he's not, I will reprimand him appropriately. Really. then I got Milo right and I fucking <laughs> realized actually I'll be the mother 
at the prison gate, <laughs> screaming on the barrier, being like, he's fucking innocent, when he's got three women in his freezer and he's wearing one of their faces. That is who I'll be, mate. And I, 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 I will not accept any... I, That's I, I, really funny. It's who, it's who I... So we'll go to the dog park and like my, I'll hear a bark and whatever and I'll run over if I've you know, terribly lost like a bit of distance. And the bloke will be like, your dog just attacked my dog. And I'll be like, that did not happen, I'm afraid, sir. <laughs> I'm very sorry that your version of events is wrong, but it did not. I am a terrible, I'm terrible. And I That's really, really didn't, funny. I didn't think no. I'd be that parent, Grace, but that is who I am, I'm afraid. I don't That's know if it's because I've got boy dogs and I'm very like protective uh, It's mommy. really interesting because then I wonder how that is going to translate into like actual parenthood. Because like, I've surprised myself by how chill I've been since I've got an Eddie where like, I'm just like, yeah, go, go do your thing. Like, because basically, like, I don't want to, if I have children, I'd never want to be that kind of person that like talks about their kids like they're the most interesting thing in the world. Like, it's a child, no one cares that much. Like, if I have a child, I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's my kid. Like, she shits and cries, and like, maybe one day she'll say something interesting, and then that will be interesting. But like, that that's what I want to be like because it's just so fucking boring otherwise. <laughs> no, honestly, I again I wanted to be that woman, but give it a give it a couple give it a couple months, babe. We'll have this conversation and let we see if you're not saying to your mates, like, oh, you should have seen him today. He was so good in the park, did a wicked poo. Like, this is who I fucking am, mate. And I have to own it because otherwise I'm not yeah, self-aware. But you do exactly. And also you never know. I it, it definitely might change, but I'm trying to be I'm trying to I'm trying to go with it. I just need to be a cool girl that men will fancy. Do you know what I mean, Vicky? Like well, you've, you've already got your man. Like, I need to be, like, not, like, an annoying, like, helicopter, like, dog mom. It's very <laughs> ick. Speaking of ick, you have mm. had, like, loads of success with your social media. Um, and it, in particular, characters that people love, an ick doctor, um, yes. Tory girl boss. Where did these come yeah. from? Like, are you finding social media as a really good aid in terms of getting, like, your comedy out there and stuff? Yeah, I just find, like young women my age so funny and I just love taking the piss out of them because I am also one of them do you know what yeah. I mean like it's like I find it so funny how like we're all getting the ick like I do this thing on my Instagram like once a week where I get people to submit like what's given them the ick this week mm-hmm. and some of the ones that I get are just so ridiculous tell it's me like, your favorite icks I need to know well, like, th- there are some that are just really funny, but they're also quite ick. But then there was there was one that was a girl that was like, we were on holiday in Italy and, like, he hesitated when crossing the road. <laughs> no, I think what's important there is it's Italy and everyone drives like a fucking maniac. Like, I know. He's, he just has a healthy respect for his life. Do you, you know how many people said to me, say, um, he waved at someone and got blanked and that gave me the ick? <laughs> Which, to be fair, like, that is the most... That is awful. But like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that ever happening. But so many people say like, he waved at someone and I got the ick and they blanked him. Um, there's so many, like, there's so many like things that people say in bed, but that, but that's more obviously it. The things that crack me up the most is when a man does something that's like not even that deep. And then yeah. they're like, oh, disgusting. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I'm just like not too, not too choosy or what, or whether I've missed this whole like ick thing, because mainly I've kind of been going out for years, but my icks I think are like, I don't even know if they are icks. Like I think mine are, so for me, if I'm talking to someone and they have food on their face, that is a huge Oh yeah, ick. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a huge ick. That's an but ick. But that's okay. also like factually an ick. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's, like, that's what I like, mean. That is gross and like jarring. And it's like, and that's why some of the ones that, that there's a, like a highlight on my Instagram page where you can look at them. But some of them are so 
disgusting. Like, I was looking through them yesterday because I was thinking about something I'm writing at the moment. And it was one that was like, he referred to my bum as the rear admiral. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, like, or like he he high fived me when he finally made me come. Stuff like that that's like so funny. But it just, but the one thing I will say is since I've been talking about the ick so much, I have started to get the ick much more more easily. Yeah, but you will because these things are stuff that just didn't even occur to me. But now I'll be watching to see if somebody doesn't wave back at Erkan. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then you'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) divorce. (laughs) (laughs) It's mad. You've got to be careful with that, Grace. You're going to get yourself up and hang up you didn't have. I know, I know. That's what I'm now thinking about. That's why I need to stop talking about the ick. Because I'm just, I'm just, but I also think the thing I will say, I only, I think you only really get the ick when it's, when you don't like love someone basically. Like with my ex-boyfriend who I was deeply, deeply in love with, he could have done all of these things and none of them would have given me the ick. It's just like when you're dating, that's what always surprises me when girls are like, oh, my boyfriend did this. I'm like, oh, like, because I'm like, are you actually, have you actually got the ick? Because the ick is dis- the ick is like visceral. Like once you have the ick in the way that I'm talking about, I can't see you again. No, I don't want to see your name pop up in my phone. I don't want to see your Instagram stories. I don't want to see you again. <laughs> we are done. Yeah, I, never I th- again. I I think you. I don't know. So I, if yeah, if the ick in its purest form, mate, surely is if you're just dating someone and you find something out that is a total deal breaker. Like, that's the ick, isn't it? But like, yeah. if you're going out with someone and they've got a kind of, a pretty annoying trait, that's not the ick because you're in it. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, whatever you, that's just, that's just basically being in a relationship. Yeah. That's just and, fuck- and your boyfriend just annoying you. <laughs> I seen on I seen on a film the other day. It was, I can't remember what it was, but it was like marriage is basically buying a house for someone you fucking hate. And I was like, yeah, that <laughs> literally, literally is the most depressing example of it ever. But like, the longer you're in something, the more yeah. you, the more you're just less likely, I think, to be annoyed like, by yeah, people's little bits. A hundred percent, and that, and I think like those aren't icks. I think we're overusing the word ick now as a society, and actually, we need to debunk it because. It's Debunk lost its ick. meaning. Yeah. Let's give in 2023, let's make that a goal to give the ick back its power. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Honestly, I <sighs> in this day and age, I don't think I'd I'd I don't think people would date me. Like I swear, even with the telly thing, no. like I swear to God. I, I, I am when I knock over a drink, I don't just knock over a drink. I go at the same time and I tell you, I haven't it's impulsive, I can't control it. I go, look out, stay back. That's what I <laughs> that's what I shout when I spill a drink. If the spilling a drink thing wasn't bad enough, oh people would hate me. No, that's I'd be the thing. In it. So many of the ones that people say, I'm like, I do that. I don't know how to use a knife and fork. I speak with my mouth full, like I do all of that. Oh, it's just so, it's dating these days is so hard. Like, I don't envy you it at all, Grace. No. I really hope that the doggy works. (laughs) She will. I've manifested it, so it will happen. Obviously. (laughs) Um, Mate, (laughs) I've loved talking to you and quite frankly could talk to you all day. Um, You just... So, so you're fucking ace you're so class um but i know you're busy i know eddie's probably wanting a walk so um before i let you go here at vicky patterson the secret too we always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners um a pearl of wisdom 
Uh, so they, so basically it feels like I have one format point in this podcast. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm backing it. And I feel like based on everything we've spoke about, yours is pretty, pretty obvious. Um, I'd like to know what your secret is to standing up for women. So I, yeah, I feel like that is my, everything naturally comes back to me, like wanting to back women and wanting to like make places more safe for women um in stand-up it's been amazing like how you know I've I've just been I'm just one of those people yeah like if you want to be introduced to someone or if you want to get onto something or do something in your career and you're a comedian and you know I don't think you're really bad then I will absolutely make that happen for you and it's just been so nice to see because that then creates when you basically help other people and like bring other people up with you it's so much more fun and enjoyable because then you're in this like team group effort with it. So it's almost selfishly like I've done that because it's made it so much nicer for me because now I have like people that I can like talk to and relate to. Like a little girl um, squad. Hold yeah. That, and hold, that been, didn't give you the ick. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's verging on it. But, um, I felt like I cringed myself out a little bit when I said it and then I hated myself afterwards because <laughs> I was like, oh no, you want Grace to like you. She's so cool. But then I said it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, like a girl squad. Yeah. Sure, Vicky. Yeah, a girl squad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's going to keep me awake tonight. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. But yeah, it's that. It's like it's it's honestly it's such a great feeling. And then I think just in general, like my whole vibe is like uh, I, I like I just want to make the world better for women. Um, and just I don't know, like bring women with me I just like have so many strong deep female friendships and it's I would be dead if it wasn't for other women so like I just want to make sure that if there's anything I do it's like help the women who yeah have helped me um and it's really nice like I said it's really reciprocated like when you are generous and loving with women it's just always returned unlike with men <laughs> but I mean, I am a proper girls girl, and like I feel like um, you rise by lifting others. Like I honestly, you, do. you know, like the more I, the older I got, the more I wanted to see other women succeed as well, and realized giving the more hand, like the more women I helped up along with us, um, the more so, sort of like blessings came me way. And I believe it kind of works like that. At least I have to believe it works like that. No, do you know what? I agree with that. Like wholeheartedly, I really believe that when you're generous and supportive and not like bitter and jealous and competitive with other people, it does just work in your favor. And whether or not that's because it's coming back in a like karmic way or whether or not it's just you're putting out a better energy, therefore people are more likely going to want to work with you because you seem nice and fun to be around which, by the way, is why people hire people a lot of the time because they just would rather you there than someone who seemed a bit like, cold. Yeah. Exactly. I really believe that. So it's just good for everyone. I mean, honestly, this time last year, we had Roxy Nafusi on and she was incredible. Obviously, you're talking about manifestation. She's yeah. a queen. I've just read and her book. She's uh, honestly and such a nice woman as well, like just deserves every success. But she um, she, she told me, I said, like, some days I catch myself. And I was all honest about who we had books out at the same time. And I said, honestly, Rox, I'm fucking 
here I am letting you promote your book on my podcast and you're going to wallop us in the top 10 as well. I, I was like, I feel a bit jealous. I don't know what I'm doing. I said, but then I reasoned with myself that you were great and this book was important and that jealousy's crap. And she was like, you know, you've, you've come to it. You've come to a really healthy sort of um, resolution on your own. Jealousy's low vibrations and they'll just attract more low vibrations, you know. But if you put it out there and help other women and do this, you'll get more of that back. But also it's normal. I think the main thing is it's not like it's a really, really, it doesn't make you a bad person if that's such a normal feeling of jealousy. It's then about how you deal with it. Like how much do you let it fester or do you just, you know, like you did, vocalise it and be like, I'm going to be really honest. And then it just goes away, doesn't it? Like then you don't feel jealous Then you just feel like you're doing it together. But it's so normal to feel feelings of jealousy. It's just like, yeah, you have to just sort of roll with it and not let it like live in you. Don't let, give them any power instead, you know, turn mm. it into something positive, which like it sounds like you're doing, felt like I did last year with Roxy. And I feel like if that, that's exactly how I want to go into 2023, supporting other women and just being a bad bitch. I love that. No icks on bad bitch or little ick? Uh, it, it is a bit ick, but like I love you. So I'm just like going with it. Do you know what I mean? But I'm a huge fan of yours. So well, it's fine. Feelings absolutely <laughs> fucking mutual. I'm going to go before that changes and I see anything else cringy. <laughs> no, come to one of my shows on my tour. Let me know if you can come to any of them and I'll get you tickets. 110%, babe. I'll slide into the DMs. And I yeah, know that do. was an ick. So I'm going to go now. No, I love that. I love that. I'm a big slider, but please do. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on today, Gracie. Being class. I'm not sure I've loved it. Well, guys, that would be formidable. And that's how it right. Fucking hilarious. Cruz Campbell. I hope you guys loved that as much as I did. She's fab. Um, I know it's New Year, but here at The Secret 2 HQ, it is same us. We're going to be bringing you loads of great guests loads of lols and hopefully some cute little secrets and pet back along the way so if you are loving the series please do all of the podcasty things tell your mates leave a review oh and don't forget what youtube um it's all happening here oh we're now on tiktok as well what time are they live eh (laughs) um have a great week guys you deserve it Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.